1: life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It's it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions that help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination, provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and, and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com. You were made to think big think too big. So tomorrow can be bigger Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah Give a life bigger than yourself You're created for greatness
2: Give a life bigger than yourself To Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, where we are real people with real lives experiencing real change. Please visit us at gracechurchva.org to find this message and more about grace and how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God and believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live the big, full life that God has for you. Here's Dr. Greer.
1: He is amazing. Yes, he is. You may be seated. How many are you interested in growing? Okay, good. Because there are messages that comfort, and there are messages that stretch. And today we're going to do just a little bit of stretching. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be healthy for you. It's also going to be fun. So as you open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 1, I'm going to pray for you. Many of you have your apps, so just get your app going. And uh, if you don't have anything, the screens will help as well. So no matter your situation, you're going to be fine today as we go line by line in the Word. Father, we thank you for bringing us here today. Father, we're going to dig into your Word and capture insights and and, and learn things, Father, that we would not have learned lest we live streamed this morning, watched by TV, or, or came to this meeting. Father, we are so delighted about all that you're going to teach us through this narrative. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Verse 1. Now, there was a certain man who lived in very uncertain times. His period was right before the period of the monarchy in Israel. And the time was very much like uh, the spirit of the age, the the zeitgeist, if you will, today. Today. Judges 17.6 says this about this this era. It says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. There was no authority, no king to call the people to account. There was no governing uh, uh, board or body, if you will, to deal with the the excesses and the problems of the people. And this next clause is very, very telling. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Everybody in the nation lived as if God couldn't see. They spoke as if God would not hear. People just kind of did whatever they felt like, and uh, you know what? They were their own law unto themselves. But in this period, God injects a peculiar man. The Bible says a certain man of Ramatham Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of... Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuph, and Ephraimite. It's a very, very long description, but the point here is he was a man with traceable roots. He was a man with history. He was a solid man, and 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 he had everything in the natural going for him, and uh, he was just he was just a solid guy. But watch this next verse. And he had two wives of you know that when two women are sharing one man there're going to be some problems you see in this period when a first wife could not have children it was permissible to take a second wife why because the the man needed an heir to pass on uh his financial heritage. Also, both parents needed someone to take care of them in their, 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 their old age. So uh, having children was extremely important, particularly on the farm. You wanted your kids out on the farm. So, so, so it was very, very important. This man had two wives, and the name of one was Hannah. Her name means favored by the Lord, meaning her identity, her very name was connected to the God of Israel, Yahweh God. But the name of the other was Panina, which means uh, red pearl. And, and you know, red is the color of passion in our culture today. So one woman's identity was connected to the heavens, but Panina's was connected to the earth. And then it says here that Panina had children. She had what uh, you know, uh, 15, 20 years ago, what we might call birthing hips. Y'all ever familiar with that? Yeah. She had everything a woman needed and could do everything a woman was supposed to do. But then on the other hand, Hannah had no children. Hannah was the girl with the pretty smile, but she couldn't produce what other women produced. And in verse 3, we see that the Bible's established the context a little bit that in spite of the fact he had major problems at home, the Bible said this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord host in Shiloh. In spite of his problems, nothing could keep him from worshiping his God. Never let your problems speak louder than your worship. That's important. And then he just continues to paint this picture. Also, the two sons of Eli, which in the next chapter in uh, the book of Samuel, we're going to find these were corrupt leaders, Hophnius and Phinehas. They were priests of the Lord, and and they were there. So this man not only had problems in his family, Elkanah also had problems at church. But when we enter his presence with worship, God enters our problems with solutions and power. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering— He would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. This is important. Whenever Elkanah worshiped and gave offerings and sacrifice to God, God would always give him something back for him and his family. You see, you cannot bless God. You cannot give to God without God finding a way to give back to you. It's absolutely impossible. It's God's nature and character to make sure worshipers are okay. Now, listen, you will run into problems. Issues will arise. There is a real devil. But if you stand your ground, you will discover that God is a good God, he's a faithful God, and he will see to his own. How many of you know, though, one wife gets a portion, now the next wife is about to get her portion, and if the portions are at all different, can you imagine what happens in the room? But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. He gave his first wife twice as much as his second. But have you ever had twice as much in one area but you were still missing some things in another area? And somehow, just because you were okay there didn't make this okay. Just because you're advancing on the job doesn't mean you're okay with what's happening in the house. Or just because you're, you're doing well in the house doesn't mean you're happy with what's going on at the job. So Hannah was dealing with a little bit of conflict. He gave Hannah a double portion. Watch this. For he loved Hannah. Implying he didn't love Panina the same way. Now, this, this is a tough passage of Scripture. But in this, we still see a picture of God. You see, God does not choose to love us based on how fertile we are. God doesn't choose to love us based on how productive we are or how well we perform. Hannah did not maybe, she didn't have the hips, the lips, the fingertips. But she still held the heart of her husband. There was still something about her person. God somehow doesn't love me for what I can do for him. Everything I can do for him, he could do for himself. But for some reason unbeknownst to me, he loves me just for me. And here Hannah couldn't do what women could do, couldn't offer what other women offered, but Elkanah loved her. And then it adds a parenthetical statement here. Although the Lord closed her womb, Sometimes what you cannot do is part of God's plan. You see, sometimes the thing you are missing is the very thing God intends to use to make you great. You see, Hannah would not have a story to tell. It would be half as interesting if she didn't deal with barrenness. What's, how can you have a miracle baby if you don't have a problem that needs a miracle? So sometimes in God's design, we come upon situations missing some parts and pieces. So when we look up to heaven and God fills the gap, God will get the honor, God will get the glory, and you'll always give him the credit. But here we have a situation. It wasn't Hannah's time. And her rival, you know, she was popping out babies and just getting it done. You ever have people make fun of what you can't do? Keep putting it in your face. And her rival provoked her severely. When I was young, I used to get upset. I I used to get discouraged by people who were at times jealous of me. But I finally learned in my latter years, you know, I need to applaud people who get jealous of me. Why? Because they only hate you because they somehow think you got something better than theirs or that you are somehow better than them. So if that is, if they have such a high opinion of you that they need to tear you down, be grateful that you have something that somebody can be jealous of. So when people get jealous of me, I've learned just to agree. She provoked her severely. She was trying to pull her down to make her miserable. Anybody have someone in your life that just feels it's their entire life's mission to bring you down? Yeah. But here's the deal. The fact they're trying to bring you down is proof that you're up. That's important. She would mock her because it wasn't her time yet, and and, and by her weakness. Because the Lord had closed her womb. This is important. Though her ovaries were tied in knots, Hannah was so amazing that her husband still loved her more than the woman that gave him children. You see, ladies, when you let yourself be the chick on the side, when you let yourself be number two, don't be surprised when he never sees you as number one. Now, you thought you could get in on the back seat and somehow get on the passenger seat. That don't, it don't work that way. <laughs> I've been doing this for just a little while. And I watch people. And the young lady, the young man said, you know what? I'm going to do my thing. And he or she is eventually going to leave their husband and wife. But what's amazing, it almost never happens. If he's not separated first, listen, if you, if you settle for number two, he can't respect you as number one. You just proved you were number two. I'm just telling you what folks somebody should have told you a long time ago. So mama didn't tell you, now I'm telling you. If you're not number one, you're not in a relationship. Panina produced babies. Panina could, could stir it up, cook it in a pan, do all that. He still loved Hannah. All right, let's go, let's go. So it was year by year. Now, this was not just one bad day for Hannah. It was every day, every day in her life. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, when she, she, she went to church, that even in church, Penina provoked her. So, so here you have a situation. Her adversary slept in her bed. Her adversary worked on the same farm, meaning the same job. But here we see her adversary also went to church with her. You think you have problems. But finally, Hannah had enough. But but here's the whole thing you need to learn today. Watch how Hannah handled her problem. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Hannah was pushed to the boiling point, but she remained a lady till the end. She didn't pull out nobody's hair. She didn't scratch out anybody's eyeballs. All she did was fold her hands and lose her little appetite. Her gentle spirit only made her husband love her more. See, you've been taught wrongly. You think if you scratch out the eyeballs and pull the hair, somehow you're going to make the man love you. I don't understand this about women. I'm not talking about you. It's the woman next to you. I don't understand this about women. Your man stepped out on you. But you're going to grab the girl by the hair. Now, I'm not recommending you hit anybody. But if you hit anybody... That was free. <laughs> but we won't hit in this place, right? All right. But wa- wa- watch what happens. She's, she's such a lady, consummate lady. Then Elkanah, now, now here you have Panina, you know, all fiery and being nasty and, yeah, and all that. But all Hannah does is lose her appetite. And then her husband, maybe... Why are you crying? The other girl was trying to get the attention, but when Hannah just maintained her position and posture, she's the one who got attention. Right, right, right. Honey, why, why are you eating, baby? Something hurting you? Something bothering? You? And Panina is. oh <laughs> All this happened at the same table. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes it's hard for men to understand women, so so Elkida gets it all wrong here. He says, am I not better to you than ten sons? You see, there are some things that even a loving spouse in a healthy relationship can't feel. Again, you see, a double portion in one area of your life doesn't always make up for the missing pieces in the other area of your life. Lord, I thank you for all this, but I still want that. And this was her heart. But watch what happens. This is so important. So Hannah arose. A lady, but still at some point, Rosa Parks decided she ain't snatched nobody by the hair. She ain't called nobody out of her name. She just decided, I'm too tired to get up. And at some point, you got to rise up on the inside. And I believe Hannah got a look on her face. And it was a look that, that, that they had not seen before. And everybody knew, oh, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. <laughs> but, but watch her, watch her, watch her. After they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, she maintained her manners through the whole meal. You have Panina rolling her eyes, acting, kicking her under the table. But, but Hannah is still using the right fork and the, the, the right knife. She's still cutting the food, wiping her mouth. Hannah recognizes that there's nothing more attractive to a man than a woman. See, y'all didn't hear me. I'm not talking to you again. I'm talking to your neighbor. Some of our mamas taught us to act like men to beat our husband. That's why he's not attracted to you. I know it got quiet in here. Listen to me, you're going to say I'm old-fashioned, I'm Bible. Men and women are equal, but thank God they're not the same. Our culture's getting stuff confused, where we're the same. She trying to be me, me trying to be she. What attracts me to my wife is the difference. Yeah. And the moment she's like me, I lose it all. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So keep doing you, young lady. Keep, keep being a woman. You can be a woman and, and still get the job done. Yeah. 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 All right, I'm back to the book. Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat of the doorpost tabernacle. just doing what the priest did. And she came in bitterness of soul. As Fannie Lou Hamer said, she got sick and tired of being sick and tired. But This is important. Please hear me. I'm almost, if you could hear the heart of God, it's like pleading with you through this message. She did not turn on her family. She didn't even turn on Panina. She turned to God. And we're like, I just need to give her a piece of my mind. You don't have enough pieces. To be given them all, all the way. Turn to God. When, when people start, that's what Jesus said, turn the other cheek. He's not saying you're just going to get beat up. He said, you know, they hit you there, turn to me. I got you. I'll defend the other cheek. I, I, I'll take care of you. Well, she turned to God and prayed to the Lord, the only one who would help. And she wept. In anguish. She let it all out to the Lord. When I give him my problems. Again, he gives me solutions. But she does something different. She, she probably prayed, uh, cried before. She probably prayed before. But in verse 11, she added something. And James, even before I read it, makes this clear. He said, you know, you ask and receive not because you ask or miss to, to just receive it and sow it on your own uh, lusts. She said this. Well, the Bible says this. Then she made a vow and what? Said. What was different about this prayer is she made a vow. This is important. Prayers are not consecrated until they're dedicated. Never ask God for something you're not willing to give back to him.
2: This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big.
1: God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself, inspired by the vision he has for you. Sometimes we get stuck on our journey. We know something needs to change. But we don't know what or how. The question we must ask ourselves is, how do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, Dr. Derek Greer has developed an assessment tool to reveal where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will identify the barriers keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of dr greer's brand new book 120 minutes to live big to get started visit canilivebig.com today